Hello. Hello! You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. So come on down, because on the turntable this week, we've got Fan Mail by TLC. Oh, I thought that was a ref- that was like a Bruce Forsyth, The Price is Right. Oh, come on down. It very much sounds like that. And with my delivery, I hoped it would come across as that. But it's actually a song we'll be talking about a little bit later. Uh, yes, um, we couldn't be talking about an act more different from Bruce Forsyth uh, <laughs> this week. TLC are here on Track by Track for the first time yes. uh, ever. Yeah, which, you know, sounds, well, whenever we talk about an act for the first time and we've nearly been going for four years, it sounds incredible, but there's so many artists out there, so why do we keep talking about Pet Shop Boys every week? Well, it does beg the question, <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? because they're brilliant, uh, but so are TLC. Yes, and this is a great album for us to start with because it's probably one of their most successful, most popular, most acclaimed, most uh, award- garnished with awards as well. And probably with the most number of collaborators on as well. Yeah, a lot of songwriters and producers to talk about on this episode. And what was great about this as well is it was kind of a new sound for TLC as well, as well wasn't it? Because this came five years after the previous album, Crazy Sexy Cool. And you are crazy. Thank you. And cool. Oh, that's quite disheartening. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about TLC first, just to set the scene. Uh, TLC, so a trio. They were a trio before Destiny's Child were a trio. They yep. were a trio before Atomic Kitten were a trio. Honeys. Honeys. Let Loose were a trio. I'm going to name all the trios, are we? BB Mac. BB Mac or a trio. 3SL. Super Sister. Yeah. The original trio, you could say. Mm. Um, and quite peckish. Fancy a chocolate-covered caramel biscuit now, actually. If only there was a, a, a brand you could rely on. Uh, so, no, TSE, we've got Tioni, T-Boz, Watkins, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, and Rosonda Chili Thomas. Three lovely ladies. And Dan, you know what? They've had some huge hits before this album, but I think it's fair to say there's definitely a couple of songs on here that are TLC classics. Absolute classic. And my favourite TLC songs are on this album. Now, it's fair to say it's quite a lengthy album. Not the shortest album we've ever done on Track by Track. It's, it's a while since we've done an album of this length, isn't it? Around this time, kind of late 90s, early noughties, I think, and I'm not saying anything before we get into the album, but I think there was a feeling that I think people realise that with CDs, they could pack on as many songs as they wanted or certainly more than they could on cassette or vinyl. So people were putting on like up to 20 songs, I remember, on some albums. Um, me, personally, on an album, I'm a, more a fan of quality over quantity. 10 tracks. Uh, an ideal number. 10 or 12, yeah. And actually, before we get into them, I've just got to call out some of the accolades this group have got. Because we are talking Grammys, Mobos, MTV Awards, uh, Soul Train Awards, uh, Black Music and Entertainment Walk of Fame. Uh, so many certifications from the record industries for this for the sales of their albums as well. You know they were huge, and you know we've got to we've got to say about the obvious thing here as well, haven't we? Yes, yeah, so the reason we're talking about TLC this week, more of a sad anniversary than we would usually celebrate, but this week marks 20 years since Left Eye, sadly, tragically, uh, far before her time, passed away. But we're doing what we try to do best, and we're taking this a sad moment 
and turning it into a celebration of her life, of her work, uh, and of this incredible band. And T-Boz and Chili are still still going now. They are touring. They are recording music. They're at Glastonbury this year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to be really interesting to see. Like Maybe an act you never thought you'd see live in the UK. Yeah. And definitely an act you probably wouldn't have expected to see at Glastonbury as well. Yeah. Very strange on the Glastonbury lineup. I've been lucky enough to see them at the Mighty Hoopla. Were you there for that? Or did, you, did you pop home before they came on? Is that right? I think I popped home. Yeah. And I saw them when they played, I think it was Coco. I think it was their first ever UK gig or something like that. But it was only about five years ago. Um, so the, Glastonbury, if I do see them there, be, well, that will be my third time seeing them. Not to brag. Well, you, it is a bit braggy, actually. Sorry. It's just how it comes across. So we're talking about fan mail today. So this was the third studio album uh, and was released in, on February the 23rd, 1999. Just on the tur- just about on the turn uh, of the new millennium. Um, this is one of their most successful albums uh, and was a number one hit billboard hit as well. Maybe I'm saying that a bit too early, but who cares? I said it now. Uh, and was very critically acclaimed. Dan, there are a lot of people involved in this album, so I'm sure we'll do our best to name-check as many people as possible as we go through the tracks. But such was the power and uh, the importance of TLC's third albums. A lot of people were involved, including Dallas Austin. It's probably the first person that jumps out. Boo. (laughs) Oh, God, Dallas. (laughs) Silly bugger. And we all know what he's been doing. Oh, has he been up to no good? No, he's just done. He's just worked with a lot of artists. Oh, yeah, with some, with some track-by-track favourites. So we have got a lot to get through today. Yeah, we today. should probably... First time on track-by-track, 17-track album. Shall we get stuck in? Yep, let's go for it. So side one, track one. Title track. Mm. That's always nice to see. Fan mail. So fan mail there, the first track on the album, and this kicks off uh, an album for the fans. And this is something that they shared at the time was that after a long hiatus, they wanted to dedicate this to the fans. And I guess fan mail is a great way to kick off with the first track. I think also the kind of vocoded, almost speak and spell voice at the start speaks to the kind of digital uh, electronic cyber theme that this album has running through it, uh, which runs right through um, in the production, but also in the album cover itself. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point in this 17-track album. <laughs> right after track 17, probably, right? <laughs> it's very optimistic, Dan. Hmm. Thank you. But yeah, it's a great sound to kickstart the album because I love how sonically... Sonically? Oh, not it, done that before. No. It's a much more futuristic take on their sound. And as you said, there was a hiatus. So it was five years between this and Crazy Sexy Cool. In that time, music had moved on, technology had moved on. And with this song, I think just in in the sounds, in the bass, in the production, which of course is 
Dallas Austin, as you mentioned earlier, he's written and produced this track. Uh, just feels like a huge step forward. But then you've got the vocals of the girls that kind of make you realise and remember this is a TLC track. And Dallas Austin on the produce on this, it made it so it had a lot of samples, glitches, um, electronic features to it as well to kind of play into the cyber R&B theme that it was going to have running through it. Uh, and including fan mail from fans themselves actually included as part of it. But did you know about the fact that um, Lisa, Left Eye, uh, did have a number of tracks she wrote that she wanted included, but Dallas Austin rejected them because they just weren't good enough? Yeah, there was quite a bit of, I suppose, animosity, wasn't there, between the band and Dallas, but maybe particularly Lisa, Left Eye Lopez, and the rest of the band and Dallas. It seems like, although a great album came out of it and some of their biggest tracks came out of it, Maybe the recording studio and the build of the album wasn't the happiest place to be. No, and I think there was definitely uh, probably not the easiest time for the band as a three arts within themselves mm. as well. Um, just from a bit of a few diff a few egos at play. Yeah, a bit like other bands. Other bands, <laughs> not, yes, not, not track by track. No. no, no, no. What do you think of this track, though? Yeah, I like it. I think it's a really good intro to the album. Like I said, the speak and spell start. The just the fact that they're relating it all back to the fans and, and that kind of lyric of just like you, I get lonely too. Was that from a fan letter written to them or is that them responding to a fan? It's just kind of bringing it all together. They're all human, whether they're the, the stars, TLC or the fans at the concert or listen to it. We're all we're all only human, Will. Are we human? Are we dancer? And we talked about Dallas Austin. If you didn't know who he is, just to name check some of the other people he's worked with, Duran Duran on the Astronaut album, Madonna, Pink. Sugar Babes. McFly, Anastasia, Texas. Uh, just so many. And so varied as well. And Not so just any particular genre, more just across the whole world of pop. And one of the lyrics I love about this uh said i got an email today nowadays that'd probably be uh said i got a slack today okay track two uh we've got an interlude on our hands interlude alert uh this is the vic e interpretation uh which is just full-on speak and spell isn't it yeah talking about uh how people track others attention let's say what instructions or commentary commentary do you need some instructions no i'm good thanks because the next song might give you a few hints so this is track three, uh, second track proper. Silly ho, how dare you? How there, Will. And I have to say, when I heard this song, it made me think of your mother. So I remember I was walking past her garden one day and she was chiseling away at the compost and I think her uh, implement broke in half and she said, oh, you silly hoe. <laughs> I really, I love this track. It's great. Uh, it's very empowering. 
It's very uh, honest as well, but uh, it's also got a wonderful bounce to it as well. Yeah, I love the bounce in the production here. And I love that buzz that just keeps reappearing, that <laughs> Now, Dan, who's the producer on this? Because I don't recognise the producer's name for the first three tracks. So Krypton is actually Dallas Austin. This is his artificial intelligence alter ego. We've all got one. What does that mean? Oh, is it like meta? Oh, I was thinking like Second Life. Do you remember that? Second Life, yeah. Yeah. Or The Sims. Or Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Is that going to become more like reality, do you think? Well, it's inevitable, isn't it, the Mm. way we're going? A Ready Player Two has been released in book form this year. Are we going to get the... Sequel? Yeah. I don't know. I hope so. I enjoyed that film. But I'd love to know what Dana Austin's digital... was. How, how has he put it? Artificial intelligence alter ego. Okay. It's quite a Kanye thing to do, isn't it? Well, I suppose it's in keeping with the whole uh, theme and s- approach of this album, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this has been a long-time favourite of mine. A friend of mine, a friend of ours, Callum, who I'm sure is listening. Hi, Callum. Uh, he introduced me to this song and then continued to call me a silly hoe for... Uh, Quite a few years, actually. And I think a lot of the sounds that we're hearing in this track and a lot of the tracks on the album, uh, TLC did it first, in a nutshell. Yeah. And then you went on to hear other pop R&B acts come on to do some of the other things. When you look at some of the tracks that they were ter- offered but turned down, it does kind of show you the position they were in because there's some stuff that have gone on. I, I think you were saying before we started, they were offered Baby One More Time. Which just seems baffling. Can you imagine if... TLC had released that song and not Britney Spears, the world would be a completely different place. But how would it be different? Because it wouldn't have sounded how it ended up sounding, would it? It would have had more of an R&B polish to it. Yeah, I guess it would be like the missing link between No Scrubs and Baby One More Time. But they were also offered Heartbreak Hotel by Whitney Houston, which obviously one of her last big hits, I think you'd probably say. Well, exactly. They were being offered these songs that turned out to be huge for other artists. So they were clearly getting a kind of first refusal on things. So they are doing a lot of stuff they've done on this album is the sound and the approach is something other people have gone on to imitate. The greatest form of flattery. It is. And even way before this, you know, they were paving the way for girl groups in the 90s, weren't they? Girl power. Girl power. You know, Spice Girls made it a huge thing. But way before then, TLC were performing with condoms strapped to their outfits just to set a message, to put a message out there. Uh, This was a uh, single in the States. Uh, It got to number 59 on the Billboard charts, but not released in the UK. Yeah. Do you want to tell us who were in the 58 places in the Billboard chart that week ahead of them? On this occasion, I probably won't, actually. We've got a lot of songs to get through. We've got a lot to get through. Yeah. But some great chart chat to come from uh, the singles in the UK. So track four. uh, And again, there is an interlude here. This is a whispering player. And he's... Chancing his luck a little bit there, isn't he? He is. I, like, I do like how there's a line in there where he says something like, why don't you just get rid of your friends? And there's obviously the TLC song, What About Your Friends? I wonder if that was a nod. Is that a clever little nod? Or am I too clever for my own good? No, you're definitely not that. Okay. <laughs> and the track leads into track five on the album. This one is huge. This is No Scrubs. Uh-uh. 
So no scrubs there. This was, of course, the lead single from the album. And Will, is this TLC's biggest hit? Is this their most known song now? Well, I think so. I mean, obviously there's Waterfalls. But I think this is, in the international public consciousness, probably the best known TLC song. I think also because it's so bloody catchy and so well written. Uh and we were singing along when that was playing. Yeah. And it was a huge hit. Absolutely monster of a hit. Uh, and it got to number three in the UK. And it got to number one on the uh, US Billboard chart as well. And I remember at the time, everyone loved this song. I also like how there's a bit of uh, exposition at the start of the song to explain what a scrub is before they get into the song proper. Just in case yeah. you didn't know. But for ages... Uh, when he said also known as, I thought it was a bus stop. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were and going I, around calling boys bus stops. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and it actually caught on and it became a thing in the southwest of England. Really? Yeah. Someone, If someone was a bus stop, they were a, a player. Yeah. Uh, a chancer. So you were a bit of a bus stop? No, I wasn't a bus oh, stop. Sorry, sorry. No, no. Sorry. Dan, I've, I've got to know. This got to number three in the UK singles chart. Well, who was at number one? So let me preempt that with this is one of those songs. We mentioned this uh, last week on the Robbie Williams episode on Patreon, I should say. Um, this is one of those songs that kind of stayed around and moved up and down the charts for a few weeks, which was quite a rare thing at the time. So initially in April of 99, it went in at number seven. And what a week this was. A new entry at number 10 for Desiree with You've Got to Be. Uh, TLC in at number seven. Five, a new entry for New Radicals with You Get What You Give. Four, interestingly, Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, which had just started to fall down the charts. Three was a new entry for Billy Piper with Honey to the Bee. Two, a new entry for Cartoons with Witch Doctor. And one was a new entry for Flat Beat by Mr. Wazo. So already that is, you know, an iconic 90s chart. But so it, it actually dropped out of the top 10 the next week. It went to number 13, but they went back to eight up to number six, dropped to number nine, so nearly falling out, and then it jumped up to number three at the start of May of 1999. At number one that week was Westlife with their debut single, Swear It Again. Uh, this is the definition of one of the, an earworm, a real grower, because I think the more you listen to it, the more it gets inside your head, uh, especially that chorus. I don't want no scrub, scrub is, And it's like attitude filled. When you sing mm. this song, you get into it. We were at One More Time 1999 a few weeks ago, where, of course, this song was played. A real moment of it, the night, I It think. was a real moment. Uh, you did, security had to come over, didn't they? Yep. Clothes were mandatory in that venue, <laughs> actually. Um, a great video as well for this one. Yeah, it was one of those very overly produced, expensive videos uh, with a lot of computer-generated imagery in. And I preferred like, waterfalls where they were just all by waterfall rather than in a fake space station. Well, it was likened to the likes of Scream by Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson, uh, just for being so big budget and over the top. I really like the video, actually. I think it's really cool. I remember that massive swing that one of them done. I can't remember which one it is. Oh, like the one you've got in your bedroom? Uh, no, very different, actually. <laughs> and it ceiling fell through last night, so it's, <laughs> it's not up anymore. <laughs> Who was who was on the produce and the write for this, Dan? So co-writing and producing this one was Kevin Shakespeare Briggs. He also worked with Destiny's Child on the writings on the wall. 
But also, do you remember, Will, the girl group, the R&B girl group, Escape? Vaguely, from yeah. Early nineties. Two members of that band co-wrote this. Candy, who went on to become a solo artist and had that hit, "Don't Think I'm Not." Yes, love that song. And I kind of think that she was supposed to like when go you're from, out in the club. Don't think, think I'm not. not. She was supposed to sort of become a bigger artist from that, and I think it was, I'm sure it was a top ten, top five hit. And then that was it. And I remember always thinking, what happened to Candy? Why did she bottom out? Yeah. And you, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with Candy from Escape, you've also got Tamika, Tiny, Cottle. Also, Lisa Left Eye Lopez was a songwriter on this one. Presumably, she wrote uh, the rap. What I found quite surprising about this, like looking into the album after knowing this song for so long, is that... Uh, Chili, of course, does the lead vocals on this, but it's the first time that she did lead vocals on a TLC song because, you know, she just owns this. It feels like it's something that she'd done many times before. She does a great job. Yeah. So track number six then, something you have said far too many times, Will. I'm good at being bad. Well, I'm just going to go and get your smelling salts, don't worry. Hang on a second. Oh my goodness. Like, when it started, and I was like, oh, it's like a lovely Disney song. Mm. And then all of a sudden, honestly, Dan, inches? Yes. Inches and all sorts mm. then. What I like about this podcast and how we go through albums track by track and we talk about the music and we talk about lyrics there are those songs where the lyric is so open you can you know you can draw your own conclusion to it you can put your own imprint on it and then there are songs like this which it's quite clear what it's about isn't it yeah it's a very raunchy number isn't Mm. it i do enjoy i love it when a track does a u-turn and an about face and it's complete something completely different right in the moment uh, and they really do pull the rug out from underneath mm. you here to uh, a very explicit rap. But who doesn't love an explicit rap? I love an explicit, like a burrito. A burrito, uh, when they give it to you and they say, fuck off. Some of the same fuck. Well, I'll, I'll, it'll be bleeped out on the episode. We don't allow that on here. Thank you. And there is a different writing team on this one, Will. It's Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We have spoken about these a good few times on Track by Track, probably most notably on the Spice Girls Forever episode. Uh, but of course, they have worked with some pop R&B legends. Um, and there is also a sample on this one of Wars Slipping Into Darkness. Uh, I'm not familiar. Oh. And I was quite surprised to hear on this one, uh, you know, it's very. it starts off very... I mean, while it was playing, you said it's quite like Disney almost. It's quite beautiful and stunning thing about butterflies and rainbows. And then it went into that really heavy, dirty rap. But actually, T-Boz, who was one of the co-writers on this one, along with Lisa, um, was inspired more by Nirvana. I love hearing about musicians' uh, inspirations because sometimes it just completely surprises you. You wouldn't expect Nirvana to feature in there. It's like if... 
Billy Piper said she was inspired by Meatloaf. She was actually. <laughs> Walk of Life is a direct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she imagined the bat out of hell trundling along over the meadows. Uh, but this is a great song on on this album. I just I know I was a little bit shocked, and maybe some of that was a little bit uh, enhanced for for a dramatic effect. But it's a great song on this album. Also, this was a promotional single as well. We didn't hear it in the UK, but over in the US, as with Silly Ho. Track number seven now. If they knew. Oh, I tell you what, my shoulders were going to that one. Oh, I thought you were going to say your shoulders have gone from shaking them so much. Well, it's funny. What was it that happened earlier here? Oh, your dog barks and I jumped and I <laughs> pulled your back. Pulled a muscle in my back. <laughs> you can't sue. Well, I, I have got a legal uh, representative in the family, so I will let you know on that. Okay. Well, put it through the track by track. Your dog, your property. Well, that's all I'm saying. Anyway, okay. this song. This song, if you knew, if they knew, a great beat to this one. The beat is so prominent, isn't it? And I was thinking, because this is another Dallas Austin one, on this one, uh, recorded with Richiano Lumpkins. Not a name we've mentioned before, track by track. <laughs> Probably won't mention again. Maybe not. Along with Left Eye and T-Bars. The thing that really stood out to me, and I, you know, you have to break your way through that huge beat to listen to it, but the vocals on this one are fantastic. But particularly on the bridge... You get that great blend of the three of them. You get T-Boz's really low, raspy, breathy vocal. You've got Chili coming in with some of the harmonies and the higher notes. And then you've got Left Eye doing her thing. It might not be the rap break, but she's still putting in her flavour. And I think you get that on this song. Track number eight, then. I miss you so much. I'm right here. you so much there and a real change of pace now will i'm a fan of tlc i'm no tlc expert but i think this might be the slowest most stripped back acoustic song ever or certainly at this point when they released it it might have been their most Mm. real ballad like moment what a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. And it's not only fantastic, it's innovative. So let me get this right, actually. So I'm going to read this a little bit. So this, the covers featured a, a, features a custom design and cover art with decodable binary code, which included images of TLC members in metallic skin tones. Uh, so this was all linked to the whole approach and style of the album of being this kind of cyber, cybernetic R&B. I mean, if it was released now, just stick a QR code on the front. Yeah, but it was a different time. 
Yeah, I, you can do anything with a QR. That was the one thing that made a big comeback during the pandemic. QR codes. Mm. Mm, yeah. Scan this QR code for this and that. Oh, and uh, check into the when you do eating out to help out. Yeah. Uh, make a donation to this. Yeah. No, bugger off. Yeah. Come on, I've got my own problems. You so, really have, haven't you? Well, yeah. Uh, and it's so, and the actual album cover, it's the the three of them in the aforementioned style with their TLC logo, which is bold and in your face. And fan mail in the middle, you've got a digital envelope which is reminiscent of what you would find probably more at the time on an email app or, mm. you know, on a social networking site or system. So the song will? It doesn't do, doesn't do much for me, but I mean, anyone listening would know that, surely. Yeah, I mean, definitely this is not one of the standout songs on the album, but there is something about it. This almost shocked me just as much as I'm good at being bad in a totally different way because I didn't expect them to do something so kind of stark and delicate. And uh, this song, which was written and produced by Babyface and Daryl Simmons, we've spoken about them before, their work with the likes of Madonna and NSYNC and Foxes even, all sorts of uh, real who's who of the pop world. It, it doesn't feel like the obvious TLC song, but I just quite like it as that little breather. And I think, it was a bit of a thing to do. I think when we talked about Destiny's Child's Survivor, you know, they've got those big, bold songs like Independent Women and Survivor, but then they threw in the odd start ballad as well. And I quite like it myself. Well, good for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm ready for the next track, though, definitely. Oh, I love the next one. Here we go. Track nine now, Unpretty. Unwitty there, and I love this song. It's so lovely, with the presence of that wonderful guitar, really makes it feel something different that we've had on the album already. But it's no lesser a TLC song because of the message that's coming across and the production. Dallas Austin is back uh, on production for this one as well, and I think it's it's great. I uh, yeah, likewise, love this one. Love this as much as no scrubs and it's strange because there are so many similarities between them they're both kind of quite guitar driven they're both very empowering but they're both dallas austin produced as well but done in such different ways mm. this has almost got a bit of a folksy thing to the guitar um it's not quite as attitude led this one i don't think i think it's more just about uh self-worth and appreciation and maybe like rather than pushing that message out it's more about keeping it in and just uh learn to love yourself actually uh yeah exactly it's another empowering track uh but i just think it just it just flows really nicely and i think in the uk it was one of the tracks that really put them on the map definitely another one that was a absolute hit at one more time 1999 a few weeks ago uh, another one that was great when they headlined Mighty Hoopla, and I'm sure it will go off at Glastonbury as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's one of their songs that I could go back to and listen to over and over again and not get bored of. 
Well, I haven't got bored of this song in, in 20 odd years. Now, this got to number six in the UK singles chart. Yeah. Before mm. we even get into the top 10, this should have been higher. Yeah, it was, I think, bigger. Yeah. Really. And in terms of the consciousness, and it was on the radio a lot as well, it was a little bit disappointing yeah. to see that in retrospect, it only got to number six. Its legacy is stronger than... Legacy? It's stronger than its uh, performance. Impact. But Will, when I tell you, and I'm going to have to on this one, when I tell you the top 10 that week, you might understand why. So, new entry at number 10, Apollo 440, Stop the Rock. Number 9, Will Smith, Wild Wild West. Number 8, Ronan Keating, When You Say Nothing at All. Number 7, Ricky Martin, Living La Vida Loca. Number 6, that new entry for TLC with Unpretty. Number 5, a new entry for Texas with Summer Sun. Four is Brand Van 3000 drinking in LA. Three, Westlife without If I Let You Go. Two, Alice DJ, Better Off Alone. And number one, a new entry for Jerry Hallowell with Michiko Latino. Uh, and number 37, a new entry for BB Mac with Back Here, actually. We talked about earlier. Oh, uh, I can't remember how that song goes, but I quite like it. Until you're back here, baby. Miss you, baby. What a time. Oh. And this song, you mentioned it before, well, this song was co-written by Tion, a.k.a. T-Boz, and was uh, based on poetry that she was writing at the time, which is what fueled a few of the songs on this album. She was inspired, and she was disgusted, actually, by an episode of Ricky Lake, where men were calling their girlfriends fat pigs. Oh, good for them, actually. <laughs> when you say them, you mean T-Boz and Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> yes good i thought so yeah <laughs> very good okay so next one up track number 10 my life it's my life Very catchy, that one, isn't it? Particularly the, it's my life. Very catchy and just very in keeping with the time. I think when you listen to the production, the beats, the guitar on this one, it's kind of, it's in that same vein of no scrubs and maybe a little bit of unpretty, but still very much its own thing. And actually, when you look at who's behind this track, you've got Jermaine Dupree, who has worked with the likes of Destiny's Child. And you've got Tamara Savage, who has worked with Monica mary mary whitney houston maya so it's just it's you know it's a very 90s pop r&b track it's a great album track as well uh question for you dan mm -hmm. how many songs can you think of are called my life or it's my life bon jovi yes. is my life that's it we've got a few others i think desiree did my life is she was it desiree? but it's my life you've also got uh no doubt You've also got Talk Talk, talk that was the original of that. Yeah. Uh, you've also got uh, Dr. Alban. Oh, yes. Dr. Albran. Yeah. yeah. Damon Alban. Yeah. Albran. Yeah. Damon Albran. Mr. Kellogg's. I think that's about it. But anyway. If you have any more listeners, do let us know at Track by Track UK. Little pop tangent there. Hmm. Uh, track number 11 now, and this is a cover of the Lulu song. Oh, I thought it was a cover of the Tears of Fears song. <laughs> <laughs> Shout. 
So shout there, this song all about that feeling of not keeping it in anymore, just wanting to let it out, just wanting to shout. Will? Yes? Made me think of a certain someone, actually. Oh, you mum? No, you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry. Uh, this, uh, it's, um, although it's a great song on the album and I really enjoy it, um, T-Boz herself said that she doesn't enjoy like this song really she didn't enjoy performing it on tour and she particularly didn't enjoy the salsa treatment that it had on tour when they used to perform it live and i can imagine a salsa treatment on this um and i'd actually quite like that because in the back you can hear that's very subtly can't you that Mm. kind of uh accordion sort of quite flamenco like sound so they really ramped it up for the tour then Uh, and i really yeah, I would expect it to be even more so, just to get the just get the crowd going a little bit more. Also, I'd really love a, a steak with a nice salsa treatment on the top now. That'd be nice. Oh, I'm um, a lovely, nice meaty steak, vegetarian, bloody steak. Actually. Yeah, it's a bit much. Um, interestingly, on the tour, so the fan mail tour was the girls' first uh, concert tour. And they were due to perform around the world and they did complete the uh, Canada and United States leg of the tour. But they cancelled so much of the tour across the rest of America, across Japan, all of the UK dates, including London, Birmingham, all cancelled. Shame. And apparently they were offered $25 million dollars to extend it into Europe and Japan and go through with it. But it was Lisa who wanted to work on her debut solo album and didn't want to go on with it. I think she was the most unhappy with the direction of TLC in terms of the sound and who they were working with. And she wanted to, she wasn't getting to contribute be, yeah, and, and have her voice heard. And be left eye. And I think she did come to blows with, we touched on this earlier, but she did come to blows with Dallas Austin around this um, and the kind of her limited contributions to songs just down to raps. Um, and the fact that her background vocals were no more so than some of the studio um, session vocalists that they'd gotten in for backing vocals. Uh, and she wanted to kind of have the fans decide by them all releasing solo records, kind of who was the most you, you know, prominent and, yeah. and very, but I think it didn't, it didn't, pan, it didn't pan out like that in the end because the band can't continue to work together and things were sorted out, but a bit of bad blood for a time there. Yeah. And I, I read a few things as well, where she was asked about how it was in the band. And she said that it wouldn't be right if they were all getting on. Part of their chemistry was that, you know, they all had their own energy and their own fire and their own opinion. And that's what made TLC TLC. Track number 12 now. And this is, uh, is that Bruce Forsyth link again? Oh yeah. Come on down. Absolutely filthy, it, but it's funny because it's masquerading with very a very sweet 
sound and production to it. But if you need a little tenderness, can't find it nowhere else. If you want a little something sweet, you just come to me. If you're hungry just for some love at night, I'll fix you up all right. There's a tender place just down the way. Honestly. I mean, I was going to say it doesn't beat about the bush, does it? But that's probably the wrong that's phrase. That's exactly what it is. So it's called Come On Down. Mm. And that's exactly what the invitation is. <laughs> yeah. And that's lovely. And that's, yeah. One of the most surprising things about this one for me is that this was written by Diane Warren. I saw that, yeah. You know, she has written uh, Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion, How Do I Live by Leanne Rhymes, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith, those huge love songs. And I suppose in a way this is a love song, but it's a... A, a dis- dirty one. A, a making love song. Well, not just making love. It's very, it's very specific mm. making love song. And on this one, on the production, you've got Dallas Austin, but you've also got Deborah Killings. Deborah is the vocalist who did some of the backing vocals almost in place of Left Eye. Um, but she's also worked with Monica and Outkast. Hey, uh, oh, when are we going to do that album? Soon. I'd like to do well, that Well, not soon, but sometime. Number 13 now. Unlucky. Dear Lie. lie there and i can't shake the feeling of of uh out of reach by gabrielle there yeah i hadn't had that feeling until you said it and now i can't unshake it myself either this was the third and last single to be released from the album and it's fair to say diminishing returns sadly yeah and quite a big drop actually after the first two i wonder if it's because it was such a change in sound because the other two were those huge pop R&B bangers. Even on Pretty being a little bit more more slowed down was still, you know, a real euphoric moment. And there are so many bangers on here, including the promotional singles like Silly Ho. So it's strange that this was the third and final single mm. in the UK. In terms of the album as well, it's a real change from the last track, which was basically about venturing down to the vegetable patch uh, <laughs> to something else like this. <laughs> I've not heard that one before, so thank you for that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this one was released in December of 1999, just heading into the new millennium. Uh, another interesting chart one though, because it entered at number 32, then dropped out the top 40. But then three weeks later, it went back in at 32 and then jumped up to 31. Uh, and then a couple of weeks later went out the top 40 but i'm going to tell you will about the week it entered the top 40 in december of 1999 and this was the week before christmas number one week so in hindsight maybe a little bit of a silly time maybe if they would have held off to the new year it might have been a bigger hit um but new entries ahead of them this week from beastie boys with alive from daniel o'donnell with a christmas kiss from tom jones and keris matthews with babies cold outside Queen and David Bowie, Under Pressure, Bewitched with I Shall Be There, Len, Still My Sunshine, Progress with Everybody, William Orbit with Barbers at Dodge for Strings, Venga Boys, 
with Kiss When the Sun Don't Shine. That, that's the highest entry at number three. And at number one was Cliff Richard with The Millennium Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. It's funny because the timing's really off as if we're recording remotely, but we're actually <laughs> recording in person today. But the song itself, I really like this song. I love the vulnerability of it. I love, there's another one that T-Boss brought to the table based on her own uh, writings and scrawlings. Etchings. Uh, etchings before Doings they got <laughs> <laughs> Leavings. <laughs> And I love that, of course, she, she's got the, the main vocal on this one. And it's such a unique voice, such a kind of deep, brooding, breathy vocal. I've always been a big fan of this song. How about you? Uh, it's, a, it's a lovely album track. No, yeah, it was a single. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a, lovely, it's a lovely song. But probably for me, I wouldn't have marked it out as a single. Mm. And... This was the only single that was co-written and produced by Babyface. Okay, uh, track 14. We've got another interlude on our hands uh, called Communicate. And it's a very digital, technological uh, piece with lots of computer sounds and machines whirring, but also a real message about communication in this day and age, which is as true now as it was back then. In fact, even more so. Even more so. It says there's over a thousand ways to communicate in our world today, and it's a shame that we don't connect. Well, this was 20-odd years ago, so there's more ways to connect today, and arguably we're even more disconnected. So it spoke to me, that little sample, Will. Mm. Mm. And we're moving into the next track proper, which is Lovesick. So track 15 on the album now, Love Sick. And I have to say, Will, you know, it's a long time to commit to an album. It's a lot of tracks. This is one of the ones for me. It's probably one of the first ones we've come to really where it could have been a B-side. It could have been a bonus track. It could have been left off perhaps. It's a little bit gimmicky, isn't it? With the uh, kind of internet dialing button presses going through it as well. Which would suit a B-side. Yes, you're right. Uh, I like the fact it's something a bit different. uh, And that's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the only chilly co-write on the album. So, you know, I, I kind of feel quite disrespectful in saying that this is that song. But... For me, it's just the the simplicity of the rhyming is too much. The sparseness of the track is too much. I like the sort of internet phone uh, sounds in the background, but just doesn't quite take off. And when you're getting towards the end of an album, you want to be holding people's attention. And it's not doing that for me, Will. Yeah, you want to be holding, uh, rather than holding people to account for putting substandard tracks on the end of an album. Mm. Rather than uh, lovesick, I'm just bored sick. Should we move on then? Let's move on. Number 16, Automatic. Automatic. 
so that was automatic and it's uh, yeah. it's a yeah it's a great album track uh and we're very much on familiar r&b pop territory here but does it go anywhere or do anything for me probably not mm, probably we're not on the same page mm. yeah i just think penultimate track on a 17 track album you know this is the moment to like either really lift it up before you have a slower moment to end with or just lift up a little bit before you go out with a, a bigger banger and yeah it's just not quite as strong as so much of this album i mean we haven't petered out for a long 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 time no. but are we heading that way today oh, i think we're about to find out before we jump into the final track the most exciting thing about this one is that it contains portions of neil armstrong's moon landing speech but that's like that's quite a huge thing to use in a song. Is this the right song to use it in? Mm. Maybe not. So, last track on the album now, and this is. Oh, <laughs> don't, I, was, I was waiting till you saw the title. Don't pull out on me yet. wondering whether don't put it was just a figurative or it might have meant something else mm. but it is exactly what i thought <laughs> it meant what did you think it meant well you know don't give up on me yet don't don't leave me yet oh during the middle of just in a relationship oh no but, but it actually does literally mean don't put out on me yet when you're inside yes of my feelings when you're yes exactly mm. uh and when you listen to the lyrics I mean, it's very nicely put, but that's what it is, isn't it? It is. And I do think, as the last song, I do think this has caught my intrigue more than the last couple because it's just something a little bit more different about it. The vocal delivery is a little bit more exciting as well. Um, the lyrics, you can, you know, really listen to them. They don't just kind of float past you. So I'm, I'm pleased they ended on this one. And actually, Will, just while listening to that song... I found this quote from Chili, which I think actually really sums up how we're feeling about some of the last songs on this album. Talking about this song, she said, it's funny how during that era, almost every song you recorded got on the album. You have the ones that are some really good album cuts and then some are just okay. You can tell because those are the ones that's usually like number 10, 11 or 12. So, mm. you know. I'm glad we're aligned. I'm glad we're aligned. And I think it sounds like with hindsight, Chili and maybe the rest of the band as well might have switched things up a bit. Just a word on the album performance and reception. So this was a number one album in the US, got to number seven on the UK album charts and charted in the top 20 albums pretty much all over Europe and a lot of the world as well. Uh, it's fair to say, actually, it was very positively received, actually, uh, with the likes of The Guardian, uh, uh, Entertainment Weekly, Enemy and Q all giving it equivalent of four out of five, eight out of ten. Um, uh, and a lot of the 
reception and comments was around it being a grower, not necessarily something that was immediate, but enjoying the fact that there were real changes in the tracks as you went through the album. And with 17 tracks on the album, you could certainly do that quite a bit. Hmm. Further listening. Further listening. And Dan, I'd love to go first. I would love for you to go first, Will. So I think it's time for a remix. Uh, and remixing one of our favourites from this album, MJ Cole. Do you remember him? I remember MJ Cole. He'd like to be sincere. Oh, is he here? He's <laughs> in the line. <laughs> uh, this is the MJ Cole remix of I'm Pretty. I'm just you can buy your hair if it won't grow. You can fix your nose if you say so. So MJ Cole brings us a reconfiguring of a lovely Unpretty to make it a little bit more R&B, slightly garage tinged version of that, uh, which I would say definitely uh, was worth doing. Do you like it? Yeah, I do like it. And I love the fact that, you know, it's bringing that MJ Cole, of course, a Londoner and bringing that London garage scene to this huge American girl group track. I think the combination works really well. Dan, what have you gone for? So I've gone for a real curveball here. It is from this era. It was a B-side, but I might just be a little bit early with this one. So this is the B-side from DLI, which you might remember I said was released just before Christmas 1999. This is So the classic Christmas song, Sleigh Ride, there with a TLC twist. This was actually originally recorded by the group in 1992, and it featured on the Home Alone 2 soundtrack. Uh, lovely. One of my favorite films of all time, I have to say, um, but then appeared on the B-side for DLI. But this song, Sleigh Ride, has been covered by everyone from the likes of Spice Girls to S Club Juniors to Gwen Stefani to Ella Fitzgerald, to The Carpenters, to Miley Cyrus. Wow. Uh, and it is, definitely is too early to be playing it that. It feels so. very weird listening to this in April, that's for sure. Yeah. But I like their interpretation of it. Yeah? What fun. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Will. I'm not saying it. Happy Easter. <laughs> it's Happy Easter. We're, We're out, out of, of time. time. Oh, I'm exhausted. That was a long slog, but so enjoyable what an album some huge hits in there and what a band i'm sure we're going to come back to tlc we will do um and let's just hope some of their other albums without checking right now a little bit shorter because there was some filler on there there was some filler let us know what you think about tlc and this album at track by track uk and if you haven't already then please do join us over on patreon for even more content you will get exclusive episodes brand new series that will only ever be available on patreon 
voting for future albums, early access to albums where we're joined by the artists to talk about their brand new releases and more. And next week on there, if you haven't seen already, if you're listening at time of recording, we're going track by track through Sleepers, the It Girl, as voted for by the patrons. Looking forward to that one. Uh, and also more episodes soon coming on all podcasting platforms as well. But until then, I've been a silly hoe. And I've been a whispering player. Goodbye. We've got a special guest. Hello. Hello. Why? A French bulldog made a woman out of him. Oh. Oh. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. Do, 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 do. Who, he, who, ha, ha, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. Who, he, who, ha, ha, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. Ooh.